You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone and welcome to the third part of my Birdsville Races series. There could be one more after all the rain in Birdsville. But the fantastic news is that racing is set to go ahead now on Saturday and Sunday. In this podcast, You'll be hearing from the current holder of the Burrsville Cup, jockey Brooke Richardson, as well as the experienced jockey John Keating, who will both be chasing glory on September the 3rd this year. The show begins with an extensive chat to John about what the Burrsville Cup means to a jockey and his own hopes for Saturday's iconic race. Thanks for joining me, John. You're welcome, Stephen. I'd like to find out what makes Birdsville so special, unique for, for a jockey. Um, for me, I originally went there as just a bucket list type thing. Um, uh, I'd heard a lot about Birdsville and a lot in the media about it, but because it was so far away, I, I'd not taken um, any, any idea that I could get there. Um, I was invited there uh, from a, a friend of mine who was, used to be a jockey that's now a trainer, Philip Cole, and we went there for, uh, I think it was 2010, and it was just the attraction of, of being in the remoteness of the place, and it's it's extended journey, not just for me, but for every single participant to get there. Um, it's the middle of um, north, or north of Queen, Queensland, and it's even from Brisbane. It's uh, and which is the capital of Queensland. It's a twenty-two hour drive to get there. It took me thirty hours to get there, and yeah, it's it's just it's it's on its own. It's dusty, and everyone is there. They've all had to travel, and they're just happy to be racing. And how many times have you now been there? Uh, five times I've been there, and this will be my sixth time. Uh, as I said, I started in two thousand ten. Uh, we got washed out that year, so. Uh, um, 
yeah, we, we didn't run the cup that year. We, we ran a few races on the first day, but uh, yeah, I've been back a few times and I've ran second in the cup, so I need to go back again and try and win the cup. But coming from, I think, is it Bendigo in Victoria, actually getting there is, a, is an achievement, isn't it? It's basically a two-and-a-half-day uh, drive. Uh, so you can't drive at night time uh, because the kangaroos and the native wildlife uh, maintain uh, that the night time is their territory. So you can only drive, basically drive in the daylight hours. So it's you know, 12 hours uh, driving uh, first and second day, and then the third day um, you've only got you know, six or seven hours or touch longer, and you're there. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's a journey. You've got a lot lot to contend with uh, the kangaroos, even during the day. But um, emus and goats. There's a lot of wild goats out there. And then you even got uh, stock because you're driving across stations. Uh, there's stock actually wandering. There's, there's sheep and there's cattle, and so you've got a lot to contend with. But it's all worthwhile when you get there. So, so are the kangaroos and emus quite dangerous? Is that why you can't drive at night time? They have a tendency because it's their territory and the night time is their time, they will bounce across in front of you or as far as the emus, they'll run across in front of you and um, it's yeah, there's, a, there's always going to be the amount of damage done to your car but um, being an animal lover, um, I don't want to run any of them over. I'd, I'd rather let them have the night time and I'll have the daytime. That's not the usual route for a jockey, is it? Uh, do you have to have the right type of vehicle as well to actually do this journey uh yes you definitely do you need a four-wheel drive and for myself in victoria i've only got a normal uh, sedan so i've had to borrow my son's uh four by four and uh yeah that that's uh, that's high wheelbase because there's often um intermittent flooding can happen along the way um there'll be rain 200 kilometers away and it'll wash down and it'll fly across the road. So you actually need a four-wheel drive to make it through. And that's uh, yeah, that's where my sedan wouldn't make it. So um, my, my son has happily uh, provided his four-wheel drive. And what do you do for, like, food and provisions? I mean, are there any places where you can stop? There's the odd um, service station or um, uh, food outlet along the way. But... Through majority of it, you, you'll drive for three to four hundred kilometres and not see a shop, and not see sometimes not even see another car. So it's you, you've actually got to uh, take a lot of your own food, um, and you've also got to take a, definitely a supply of water because, and they've always, and even the government, and Australia government puts out that if you're travelling in the outback Australia, you make make sure you've got um, at least twenty litres of water, and that's um it's quite handy uh for if you do get stuck and i had broken down once on the road there and uh, uh middle of nowhere and uh, uh, there was no no cars going past to help i had no phone reception and uh it's uh i think i waited about two hours and then a, a, a four drive come past and uh one thing about in the outback there uh if you're stopped on the side of the road everyone pulls over to see if you're okay uh, because it's so remote and because it's uh, so far to get help from anywhere, if you're stuck there, people will, will help. So that's the, the, the outback uh, camaraderie, um, I think, and that's, they look after one another. 
And what's it like uh, being alone at night with just the kangaroos and the emus and the stars for company? That's quite good, but uh, it's not just uh, the goats, the kangaroos and emus. Um, the la- my last trip up there on my own, I pulled up and I didn't shut my swag quick enough and uh, I ended up, I think, with about 300 mosquitoes in there. So, And they kept me awake for a good hour or so and uh, until uh, I found some... Um, fly spray and uh, I fixed them but then I had to contend with not being able to breathe properly uh, the next hour. So do all the jockeys do what you do? They drive in or do some fly in? Or There's very few will fly in. There, there, are, there are flights to Birdsville and a lot of them are, are pre-chartered flights or their own chartered flights but uh, majority and for, this is from Majority of jockeys come from Queensland area and they'll drive to get there. So the closest training centre from Birdsville is probably nine hours drive away. Uh, so basically everyone's got to travel. And they'll for nine hours, they might as well drive. Um, there are flights, but they're, they're very hard to come by. And that often they will run at a different timeline to what, the jockey will need. Sometimes we've got to get here uh, and ride track work prior to race day to give the horses a feel of the track. So it's uh, most people drive, and um, yeah, everyone's pretty much got to do what I do. And I suppose that's the same for the horses. They've got that journey as well. It's the horses. Uh, the the connections that I ride for, uh, they come from um, near Adelaide, at Strathalbyn in Adelaide. And I've got actually some connections also coming down from Darwin. And they'll actually do their trip not over, uh, as I do, in, a, in two, and a half hour, two and a half days of driving. They'll actually do the trip over five days. So they'll just break it up. And um, the trainer I ride for from um, near the Adelaide area, he actually puts his horses all together in a great big um, rodeo ring and just lets them canter and gallop around. And that's good exercise for them and all the horses are obviously good friends uh, and they'll just they'll run around and then when they, they've, they've had their little bit of work they'll stop and have a feed and um, then you know they might may stay there the night and uh, they get back on the road the next day so they'll do it over more days than what we will uh, as humans. And how many days before the, the Birdsville meet, race day meeting of two days do you get there? What, what will happen this year is I've actually, I'm going to go up for a meeting, a race meeting that's a week before Birdsville, uh, and that's at a township, or it's a township, it's a place called Batuta, but it's a, it's got one pub in it, it's a population of two people, and they've got a racetrack, and so that's 100 kilometres from Birdsville, so I'll actually go there first in the week prior, and uh, I'll, you know, I will probably leave here on the Monday, um, and arrive there you know, by the Wednesday lunchtime and to ride on the Saturday. And then from there, from Batuta, um, the next day on the Sunday, we'll leave and go to Birdsville. And then I'll basically spend the whole week in Birdsville and as a lead up and you know, be able to help uh, the trainers work the horses and, um, and help prepare them properly for the race meeting on Friday and Saturday. And now you're in Birdsville, let's just imagine that. What about preparations, um, sort of jockey's facilities? Uh, where do you stay? And what about weight issues and things like that for yourself? 
The weight's always a problem for me. I, I'm a heavyweight jockey uh, in Victoria, so I, I, I do have to do it quite hard. Um, the facilities-wise, well, I've got to take all my own. Um, everything. We, what uh, they, the club is the club and Birdsville Township are very good. They look after the participants, the trainers, the owners, and the jockeys very well. But the jockeys, we basically stay uh, in the same campsite as the trainers. So in the trainer we're riding for, we'll stay with, with their group. And so we're looked after in that sense. We, we, yeah, we're giving passes and we're, we're uh, allowed to um, go into the race course and check our weight and all that sort of thing. But, and actually also the, um, the trainer I was staying with last year, uh, he had powered sight there. So uh, that was a, a big bonus for him to have a powered sight because most of the normal members of the public that come and stay in the, what they call the common is just unpowered. So you're just basically, they're staying there on, on their own, but there's toilet facilities and there's showers in town that they can use. But we're looked after quite well. It is quite warm there through the daytime. The night times at this time of year for the normal meeting in September is cool of a night, but it'll you know, probably get down to five, six degrees of a night time. And then daytimes will get up to mid thirties. And yeah, it's quite pleasant for myself because I'm a heavyweight, I actually put, you know, all my sweat gear on, all my coats and everything on, and I, I run twice a day. And so I'll, in the lead up I, to um, the race meeting, I'll be there on the Monday, and I'll be running, you know, once or twice a day, uh, depending how my weight looks um, up until leading up to the race day. And uh, if I struggle a little bit, they, ha they do have artesian hot springs there, and it runs out into a channel. And I know of a lot of jockeys, and I've only done it once uh, in the Birdsville, in the whole time in Birdsville I've been there, uh, the sitting sit in the channel, which is, it comes out very hot. It's near boiling at the um, uh, outlet point. But if you get down the channel a little bit, you can have, really have a good sweat in the bath. It's like um, you know, if someone at home having a very hot bath and finding they're sweating. If you sit in one of these hot springs, you, you can pull off a couple of kilos um, in a matter of half an hour. Well, turn to the race, the Birdsville Cup. It's run over a, we, we'll call it a mile, but you're going to tell me it's no, we, 16... we call it a mile. We, we, yep. Oh, you're, you're still in miles. We always hear I mean, the, the British, we always like to call it, you know, the furlongs and the miles, but you're, it's 1,600 metres, isn't it? We, we, we chop and change. I'm, I'm old school um, in as far as uh, uh, in racing here in Victoria, but a lot of the younger ones coming through, because there's so many of my generation still uh, competing and training that we still talk in the miles. So we have to do that. So, <laughs> Oh, that's good to hear. And have you, I think you said already that you're getting horses from all over Australia actually running in the race. Correct. Correct. Yeah. They're, well, as I said before, I've got horses coming from Adelaide that I'm riding, the trainer I'm riding for. Some are coming down from Darwin that I ride for. Um, I've got others from... Um, Right up Milling Cairns in northern Queensland, so they're probably they're probably a good twenty five hours away. Um, there are horses that come from New South Wales, so Sydney direction. I'm not sure about this season. We have pretty much every year we do have horses coming from Victoria. So and there's bound to be a, a one from Western Australia be there soon. So. Uh, yeah, they, they do come from all over and it's because it's so iconic and it's on everyone's bucket list to, to just participate in Birdsville races. And it's 
it's not like any other meeting anyone would have been to. Like, well, I've you know I've ridden a Flemington Melbourne Cup day. I, I can only imagine what Royal Ascot's Ascot's like. The the because everyone has to travel, and doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how high profile you are, you've still got to camp out, and there's dust, it's dirt, and it's. We're all one and the same. It's, it's a very, it's a big leveler that um, you don't you don't feel inferior or you, you don't feel above anyone because we're all doing the same. And so if we're out there doing it, they'll go past the winning post and there's dust hanging over everyone and it gets in everything. You could have been in a car near the, the finish line and you'll have dust somehow find its way in your car and your car is completely locked up. It's it's so enthralling, and that's the, the part of the iconicness about what Birdsville is. And I think I read that Peter Moody of Black Caviar fame has had horses run there as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. He Peter because Peter originally trained in uh, Queensland, in northern Queensland, and he he probably comes. He's probably there nearly every two years. I know he was there. Uh, in the recent meeting, we, we had a meeting in April this year but because it was a, a, a postponement from the September last year because COVID called that off. But they put a meeting on in April this year and Peter was there. Um, Kieran Ma, has, he's now one of our leading trainers in Victoria and he's uh, he's been there um, a number of times. And it's Jimmy Cassidy, he rode a Melbourne Cup winner. He was there, Darren Beedman. Michael Clark, we, we just had everyone come come to Birdsville just to say they've been there. And it's a lot of them come back again and again because they enjoy it so much. And it's it's just one of those iconic meetings that, uh, yeah, it, it's unless you've been here or been to the race meeting at Birdsville, you really haven't been to a proper race meeting in Australia. And there's racing... Both days, so Friday and Saturday, I think 13 races over the two days. In the Birdsville Cup, how many runners do you tend to get in the actual cup race? Uh, I think it's, it's about 10. Um, and the fact of the matter is with the Birdsville Cup, it's because it's, it's run on a dirt track, and so it's not a, a sand, it's not a synthetic as you, you and what we have here in, in Australia. So the synthetics we have, and I'm not sure what your um, makeup is, in the UK, but ours is a sand mixed with a fibre and a wax type of thing, and that has kickback. In Birdsville, there's no kickback. It's it's a red topsoil. It's a dust. It, it just it doesn't impact you at all when it grows up, but you just can't see. It's like trying to race through fog if you get back in the field. So the Birdsville Cup itself, you start in the back straight, and they'll go really hard a good 300 metres until everyone gets their position and if you regretfully get a position fourth, or fourth fifth or further back, um, you've then just got to hope that your horse can see enough and you can see enough to make it through the field to run home. But for, as far as kickback and horses reacting from a kickback, uh, there's not uh, any of that. It's just the dust and inability to see <laughs> And have, have you got a ride, definite ride, in this year's Birdsville Cup? I do. I do. It's one um, a trainer I ride called Kim Healy, um, who's from uh, South Australia. 
And that horse uh, finished second in Darwin um, two starts ago and then ran a good fourth um, in Darwin the week after. Uh, he didn't get a run in the Darwin Cup, um, but he's, he's been set for um, uh, set for this race at Birdsville. I think his name is Magnus Scipio or something. It's similar to that. Um, but, yeah, he, um, I, I think he, he'll be very hard to beat in the Birdsville Cup. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a lot of horses that uh, are being set for this race. And and it's big prize money as well. I think I read 42000 Aussie dollars, I think. Yeah, for, for country races, they're actually very good prize money. And it's um, I know in certain parts of Outback Queensland, they, they do uh, race for lower amounts of money. But because it's so iconic and because it's costly for everyone to get there and fuel nowadays is, is not very cheap. And they've at least made it attractive enough to um, draw on some better horses. And, um, no, the prize money is quite good. And um, it's very competitive racing. And the atmosphere and the crowds, because Birdsville is a very small place, isn't it? Birdsville is, and uh, Gary Brook hopefully can um, confirm this. It's, I think it's a township around 600 people, uh, give or take. And over the, the course of the week for the Birdsville races, it swells to between twelve and 14,000. And um, it's, it's a big... Uh, enterprise to uh, cater for all those amount of people and for even for the showers and the toilet facilities they they put around the common and the grounds for the participants and um the public is just amazing um it's just the council there and the Birdsville racing club uh do an amazing job and uh, yeah it, it's it, it really it and if you ride a winner there, or for myself, if I ride a winner there, or if the connections have a winner, you feel like you've won a race on Melbourne Cup Day at Flemington. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The best of luck, uh, John, for the Birdsville race meeting and the Birdsville Cup. Hopefully you'll go one better than your previous best of second place. And, and then it's the long journey back to back home, or is it racing after that for you? Well, we've got the next weekend after Birdsville, I've got Baduri, uh, which is another 100 kilometres um, away from Birdsville. And those three clubs are in the middle of outback Queensland. And, and from there, it's eight to nine hours to any other racing um, or training establishment. It's, uh, it's just forever uh, distance. So these three clubs are all together. And so I'll... Um, yeah, I'll racing the next week and then I'll be back to Victoria and uh, back into the grind, uh, into, into the spring carnival here in Victoria. Oh, thanks very much. Thank you, Stephen. Next up is John's racing manager, Sammy Murray, who books all of John's rides. John certainly keeps Sammy busy. That That is my whole job. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, as soon as the nominations come out, I'm on to it, um, calling trainers, messaging trainers, trying to get him a ride anywhere and everywhere he can sort of get a ride. He's one of those jockeys that loves to travel, clearly. Um, he's doing this massive trip up to Birdsville, which he has probably six months in the making. He um, starts planning it out. Um but even though you can plan as much as you like, but there's still issues that happen, as you would probably know from all his um, blogs on uh, Facebook and his videos. <laughs> Has John got a full book of rides for the Birdsville meeting? Not so much a full book. Um, obviously, with Batuta the week before, then you have Birdsville the Friday and the Saturday meetings, um, and then the following Baduri meeting, um, not quite all the horses will back up. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, if they sustain injuries or, you know, for whatever reason can't go on with what they had planned to go through, um, yeah, that it's it has sort of fallen away a little bit, but, I mean, he's still got quite a significant amount. Um, he's only missing one, maybe two rides on Cup Day um, and only one on the Friday. And he's got a ride in the cup, hasn't he? He does have a ride in the cup. He's like his main client that he was going up there for was Kim Healy and Phil Cole, which are also two trainers that he was riding for up in Darwin. Um, obviously, Phil and John go way back. Uh, they've known each other for ages. Um, Kim's also come on the scene as well, and um, John's had quite a bit of success with him too. So they've all teamed up together and said, "All right, let's road trip and we'll go and." Um, try and uh, conquer the Birdsville Cup, which has uh, been one of John's, uh, what do you call it, a his grand finale kind of Melbourne Cup race that he really wants to win. Um, I think just the iconicness of it um, and how different it is compared to any other, any other race meeting and cup. I'm sure he won't retire if he wins, but what makes the, the race now so special <laughs> for, uh, for jockeys? Well, I'm not too sure what makes it so special. I just think maybe the remoteness of it all, um, just how different it is to every any other cup meeting. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, everyone travels to get there, even the locals. So I think that in itself, you've it's it's really one you probably do need to put on a bucket list and tick off because it's so um, so very different. John has got a ride in the Birdsville Cup. He has got a ride in the Birdsville Cup. So Magna Siva um, was actually intended to go to the Darwin Cup but wasn't um, didn't make the field. Um, I had another jockey that was meant to ride it. John obviously already had a ride in the Cup, which ran second, um, but he has had a... Um, a sit on Magna Siva, um, uh, just riding track work, and I think he's actually had a race ride on it as well. Um, but, yeah, he will be riding it, and it's been going really well, so to speak, so um, hopefully an each-way chance. And now John's got his car sorted. I see he's got a problem with his, with his gearbox on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's been a running joke, really, because you know he's he's so particular with getting everything organised. And as I said, he's you know six months in advance. He's he's organising everything and making sure everything goes smoothly. But it's 
been quite the opposite um, this time around. He's, he's had a few little hiccups up the, on the way, um, the gearbox and leaving the boot of the car open and a few other little thing, quirky things that have happened to him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a little running joke with us that, you know, um, you're probably best not to fix old cars because it's probably what's holding them together. <laughs> Well, let's hope all goes well for him, Sammy, in the, in the Birdsville Cup on Saturday. Thank you very much. It was lovely talking to you. Our final guest for part three is Brooke Richardson, the winner of the Cup earlier this year. Thanks for joining me, Brooke. Hello. Thank you. Well, how does it sound to be a Birdsville Cup winning jockey? Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think... It's one of the biggest country meetings. Um, that's it's probably one of the most well-known ones, I should say. It's um, so yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's something I've wanted to win for a long time. Um, so it's worked out well for me. Yeah. Had you ridden in the race many times before? Um, I've had a few rides in the cup. I've had. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, actually. I think I've only may have even had the one ride in the cup previous, but I've done the circuit um, a couple times and have had rides in all the other races before. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had many cracks at the cup. This is only about my second time for the actual cup race itself, yeah. But it was quite an easy win on, on the day back in April, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So I'd... Um, it's a bit of a funny story, actually. So originally, um, I wasn't booked to ride the horse. The horse is trained at Barcaldon, where I'm based, um, and the trainer is Todd Austin, and I ride all of his track work. So I do all the exercise on the horses every morning, and that, that horse, Echo Point, um, I ride him every single morning. Um, we have another jockey in the stable, but he doesn't ride him. Um, so he's sort of like a bit of a pet to me, I guess. Um and originally they had booked a jockey um, that they had had a bit of history with in the past and they'd booked him to ride the horse, but he got COVID. Um, so his downfall ended up being a big up for me. So, yeah, he, he um, had COVID. Obviously, with all the restrictions, he wasn't allowed to fly into Queensland um, and wasn't allowed to ride the horse. So then I got the ride um, and he won. So. And an Echo Point was at one point trained by Gay Waterhouse, I read. Yes, it was. So that's originally how they were going with the other jockey. This jockey worked for Gay Waterhouse and knew that the horse was coming up for sale and had said to Todd Austin, um, the tra who now trains the horse, had said to him, like, he would be a good buy. So he said, if you buy him and he goes to the Birdsville Cup, I'd like the ride on him. So Todd had promised him the ride. Um, so that's how all that came about. And then, um, yeah. It didn't work out that way, but um, worked out well for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and how did the race go for you? I know you won by four and a quarter lengths. Yeah, so he won quite comfortably. Um, he's a type of horse he'll normally sit in behind the pace in a race, so he'll be running. He'll he'll be running as the second or third, sometimes fourth horse. He'll be just back in behind the pace, um, and he makes my job easy. Really, I've won won a few on him now and I must say he does make it make it quite easy because he's such a well-mannered 
um, horse and he does everything right. So, yeah, you'll normally see him sitting second or third, just in behind the pace. Um, and then coming up into the straight when we're ready to go, I sort of just peel him out or he'll he'll take gaps really easy. Um, he's a very confident forward-going horse. So he's just got a lot of natural ability and, and a good heart. So he actually he has a go no matter what. But it's a hard race to win, isn't it? It must be a hard race to ride in. Yeah, it is. So in the sense of, um, so I was, because of the way um, everything worked out with the other jockey and I was a last minute replacement, um, I was fortunate enough that the owners had a private plane booked. So I just jumped on the plane the morning of, flew out, rode him in the race. He was my only rider for the day. Oh, uh, tell a lie, sorry. I ended up a couple of our other horses um, needed a jockey as well that that jockey was going to ride. So I ended up with two rides. Um, for the day, two or three, flew out there and then flew back. So I was home that night, which is crazy because the horses themselves, it's a whole circuit. There's Batuta, Birdsville and then Baduri and it's a whole, you're away for a whole three weeks. Um, but as Birdsville um, raced in April, they were replacing um, the meeting that they'd missed, obviously. So there wasn't the full circuit, but the horses still had been travelled the week prior. They'd spent a couple of weeks in Birdsville settling in, getting used to everything, um, having a few gallops and a few canners around the track to get familiar with it. So they were actually there quite some time um, before I got there. So he was pretty familiar with everything and his surroundings, yeah. Yeah, it must have been a bit of a breeze. I was going to ask you about flying in because I've already spoken to uh, John Keating and John John takes two and a half days to get you and you drop in there in an aeroplane. So what's it like going in an aeroplane? Yeah, uh, pretty. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was a little bit mind-blowing at the same time because any other time I'd been to Birdsville, I'd done the full travel. So it does take a few days um, and especially with the horses, you have to split it up. And you're not just taking the horses. When you go, we have to take everything that comes with them. So we need all of their feed. Um, you've got to stock up for the whole thing. So it's a really big ordeal. So to get on a plane and fly there, win the Birdsville Cup, and then be home that night by like 7.30 at night, I was I was sitting there. I'd got home off the plane. I had the Birdsville Cup in my hand. Um, I was with Todd Austin's wife, Tony. They're really good family friends of mine. And I was living with them at the time. Um, when I won the cup, so we we're making ourselves a scotch and coke, and we were going to have a little bit of a celebration. And I was just thinking, it's so bizarre that I rode somewhere where, if I was to drive, it would be literally one full day or two days driving, and I've just dropped in, won the cup, and now I'm home and can have a drink and go to bed. <laughs> it was really bizarre, yeah. And you were able then to get home to. Uh... To your young son Rylan, uh, five, I think he's five yeah. years old. So uh, when you're away, yeah. it must be hard when you're away. It can be, yeah. It, it gets a little bit challenging. Um, I'm pretty lucky in the region that, where I'm riding races. We only race once a week most of the time. Um, so it's just every Saturday. So I'm sort of missing out on just a Saturday um, with him. But when I do travel away, it does get a little bit tough because, yeah, sometimes he'd like to come, but it's just, it's there's not always enough people to lend a hand to look after him and it's a as anyone knows it's a very physically demanding job so sometimes you're just exhausted it's just it's not practical to take along a little child but um 
yeah, look, he loves it. He's I'm pretty blessed. He's pretty proud of me. Um, uh, he's a hard taskmaster, though. He wants me to bring home a trophy every weekend, but it's just not possible. <laughs> no, you can't always do that. What What's the atmosphere no. like? What's the atmosphere like at the at the Birdsville race meeting? Oh, it's huge. It's um, it's really exciting because everyone really, really gets into it. They get um, thousands of people flock in for it, um, and all kinds. You've got your lo- you know, you know the locals that are there all the time, and the people that are volunteering and working. You get to know them if you go enough, and then you've got all of your tourists, and it's just, it's not even just the races. The whole event is massive. So the town um, that's normally dead turns into like a full-blown little city um, and they have uh, a boxing tent that comes out every year. They call it Brophies. Um, so there's so much more to do than just the races, but riding at the races there, when you're coming down the straight and they have a full crowd like they have in September, you can actually hear everyone cheering. Most of the time, normally when you're riding, you can, you're can you so zoned in and focused um, uh, you don't normally hear the crowd, but I think being such a hyped up event and so many people in the one spot and people that aren't necessarily, it's not just punters, it's a mixed um, its a mixed crowd. People get really, really excited and over the top. So, um, yeah, they go wild. They get a bit loose and, um, um, yeah, it's pretty its pretty cool. It's, it's hard to describe. It's such a small town, isn't it, normally? Yeah, literally tiny. There's there's a pub and a little store, and that's about it. There's not much there. And what are your plans for this year's Birdsville race meeting and the Birdsville Cup? Have you got a ride in the in the cup? Um, at this stage, I might have a ride in the cup. I may not. Um, I'm a natural lightweight, so. Um, I walk around about 50 kilos. We have another jockey who rides in our stable. Um, he He's a heavyweight jockey. Um, so there's a couple of our horses that we're taking for the cup, um, but they may or may not get. It's all depending on. So the first meeting's Petruda. We'll go there. It sort of depends how the horse has got Petruda and what sort of weight they're looking at um, getting in the cup will depend on which horse I'm on. So there's two possible chances there, but I do think if um, I'm not on either of those, which is unlikely that I would be, wouldn't be, um, I don't think I'll have a tr- have trouble getting a ride. But um, yeah, so it's a little bit disappointing. We were hoping to go back with Echo Point and see if he could take out the win again, um, but it just worked out that. Um, leading into some of his other races, he was just ready for a break. So he's in the paddock having a spell now. So fingers crossed I can get on a good one again. That would be great. Well, best of luck for uh, the Birdsville Cup or the Birdsville Race Meeting. And and thanks very much for, as you have done, stopping your car to do this interview with me. (laughs) No worries. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that I could help. Thank you. You will be pleased to hear that, like John, Brooke has now got a ride in the Birdsville Cup on Saturday. That's all from Birdsville at the moment, but there may be more to follow up on all the excitement of the Birdsville Cup meeting. I hope you have all enjoyed this three-part series. And for our non-Aussie listeners, 
you now know more about one of the most iconic horse races in the world. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.